0: Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hello, and welcome back to another episode and Happy New Year, y'all. I'm going to just tell y'all, these two weeks have spoiled me. Now going back into work for this first weekend, I'm going to be honest with y'all. like I'm on Struggle City, trying to keep some dog on focus, trying to build some motivation, especially in regards to this new variant, this Omarion Omicron variant <laughs> that's wreaking havoc around us and with my company that I'm at. We had every intent to go back full force into the office. And now we had to kind of pull back. And literally just today, my boss was like, yeah, I'm only going in one day. And then that kind of put a damper on me because I'm not one of those who can work from home. Because to me, home equals relaxation. Home equals comfort. Home equals taking a nap writing reading a book doing whatever i want to fuck to do so yeah that's been a very big struggle for me but no, this week since we're going to talk about that we're going to focus on passion this week's guest i have another friend of the show i've been kind of repeating lately so you guys may know Daniil from um what was it what was it Yes, from the Candid episode, her and Kevin came on and shared their relationship goals and how they work as a unit. This time, we're going to talk about just her personal story in regards to passion. How are you, Danielle?
1: I'm doing okay. It's been a rough start to the new year, dealing with sickness and such, but I'm here.
0: We are here. That is for <laughs> sure. How was your holiday?
1: The time I spent with family was great, and as I had said in the Candid episode, you know I had recently moved to georgia from new york so i've still just been adjusting i guess it's my first holiday that wasn't like full of people because i come from a really big family but i did get to spend it with my aunt and some of my cousins and then new year i was sick unfortunately so i was isolating my boyfriend was close by in the apartment (laughs) But it it was a good holiday. How about yours?
0: And I spent New Year's with my friend Frankie, just in typical Frankie fashion. We just drank it up and sang karaoke all the way up into the new year.
1: karaoke sounds so good. And you know what I have
0: to say? In this new year, I think people are kind of pacing themselves because Mm -hmm. we never expected what we got in 2020. And Mm -hmm. then when 2021 happened, you know, we were hoping that we would be optimistic from, like, leaving this lockdown, leaving COVID and all of these things. And to know that a whole year later, we are nowhere near being escaped from COVID. And actually, today marks the year anniversary of the whole insurrection from the Capitol. So that was a whole thing from last
1: year. Oh, whoa, I didn't even know that. Oh, goodness. I was at work when that happened. Has it really? Today makes the year? Mm -hmm. Goodness. Yeah. When you stop and look back at all the stuff that's happened, I was in New York. I was at work. Oh, my goodness.
0: With all of that said, it's like now approaching this new year, yes, it's great to have optimism. Yes, it's great to have passion. But I feel like people are kind of stepping on eggshells on how to approach this new year because you just never know what may happen.
1: That's very true. It's I think that's a product of not knowing where to put the energy that comes with your passion. Like you said, 2020 was rough. 2021, everyone's thinking about how oh, we're going to do better. This is what we're going to do to make improvements on everything we missed out on. We get to 2021 it's just like haha you thought okay, so i think the there sequel. was <laughs> right <laughs> i feel like we put a lot of mental energy into how we're going to make things better or how things are going to shift or what are going to be the steps of our you know quote-unquote do-over to then have to start altering plans and anytime you get to the start of a new year Everyone already kind of has their forecast of what they're going to be doing. You know, the whole resolutions and yeah. you know, whatever. goals and right, the, yeah,
0: different, Vision coins, board. different
1: sides of the same coin. So I feel mm-hmm. that in the past, all that energy and planning that people have put into that, I feel like they're just a little drained. It's kind of like, do I want to put all this planning and preparation into something that's really still up in the air? You know, so I guess there are still those few that have decided well you know it is what it is the world is going to continue as the world continues we got to deal with what we're dealing with therefore I'm just going to push through with what it is that I want to do but I even feel like within those people it's a matter of what is worth doing now you know Mm -hmm. I know that's definitely a place where I am there's only so much time to do things Therefore, what I choose to give my time to, I'm trying to be very purposeful.
0: So I shared that my word for the year is abundance. So
1: mm-hmm. I, I had already
0: manifested like a long time. I was like, Alarm, you don't need to be back where you came from. Like you literally escaped at the very optimal time needed to escape and you got out. I said that, you know, with abundance, I needed multiple strings of income and i needed you know different areas and ways to collect my funds and get mm-hmm. back to where i was prior to being let go it's actually coming into fruition and i i just never saw that happening because coming up approaching this month i have like maybe three streams of income coming up Bless um me. oh okay how do you <laughs> go from zero jobs to three um <laughs> but yeah so what would be your word The
1: year I reserve the right to edit this later, but I feel like, of course, my word is going to be let's say action, Mm, okay? Because I am a very pensive individual, I do a lot of thinking, planning, even if it's not fully flushed out. But I have a problem with follow through, like I mentioned earlier. There are things that I definitely want to accomplish, especially attached to me moving because I didn't pick up and do what I did for nothing if for no other reason than to fail at it and just know I write well on to the next but I think action is going to be it
0: yeah i could see that so let's get right into the topic at hand so first how do we feel about passion
1: i feel like passion is a good place to start off when it comes to figuring out what you're interested in what what might possibly be worth your attention i think that one thing that being in the pandemic showed me is we put a lot of our time towards things that don't fulfill us i know personally i feel like i've given years To doing something just because it helped me make ends meet. Just to say that I was doing something, but I don't feel like I got enough out of it as far as growth-wise within my own personal metrics. For me now, I think passion is important as a gauge. How involved can I get with this thing right now to figure out if this is where I need to be or if this is worth me being here? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: And let's talk about it and dive a little deeper. So like you moving to Atlanta was kind of like a a very groundbreaking foundational action point to start you out for the new year. Absolutely. Because just last year, which you just stated, you were working at a bank job that wasn't fulfilling you. And then Mm -hmm. cold turkey, you was like, I need to take a mental break. After that mental break, you then decided, no, I need to quit this place. What process did you go through in determining, like, something isn't working, something isn't clicking, what's happening?
1: There were a lot of things that happened. But I think the blaring thing to me was how much of yourself can you give to something that feels like it is only draining you? I would feel it in my everyday life. The New Yorker lifestyle, you get up, let's say, two hours before your shit starts because you need to dedicate an hour to getting ready. Then you need to dedicate an hour to commute. Then you got to be at work, whole hour to get home, and then a few hours to decompress to go to sleep and go do it again. And during your decompressing time, you're talking to your friends, your loved ones, your significant others just to catch up on the phone. But then you start realizing your entire phone conversation is you de-stressing from work. Right, Mm. so it's really and truly work is following you or everything that you do throughout the day is centered around your job that you don't care for. Yeah. That just breeds such intense toxicity into your body. And Mm. for me, I realized I was at the point where all of that that I just listed was happening. I was short-tempered. I recognized that I had more patience for these customers that were getting on my nerves than the people that i live with that i care about because i literally just didn't have the energy for it my room looked ridiculous for <laughs> my any space that i had that had me attached to it looked like how i felt it was never a career that i wanted for myself it was just something that you know was making decent money doing it it was relatively easy and it was helping me pay my bills so i just got complacent and stayed there and always said that i was planning on getting out But I was just going deeper and deeper into the cycle, and I recognized that if I was to stay there, one, I was going to further compromise my mental health, which, like you said, I had to take a mental break from there because I recognized that my mental health was pretty much shattered. Like, I didn't remember what happiness was, which is, you know, it sounds so very cliche to say, but I had to, like, relearn what made me happy. And I recognize I couldn't stay there if I had any hope of completing all the things I wanted for myself in my life, which includes happiness, which includes a thriving family, just a successful environment for myself and those I care about. So that's ultimately all the things that went through my head before I could get out of that space.
0: I would say I've been there as well, where you feel like you're in a dead end. It's like your finish line is not desirable and it's already like at your toes and taking that home I understand what that feels like too and it's like mm-hmm. you don't even realize you're doing it and you don't even realize how much it permeates into your personal life until you're actually out of it and you realize how jacked up you was in every aspect just because of that job so yeah I I feel that to me i feel passion in any aspect i do feel like it's this burning thing inside of you that kind of excites you and that's in a personal sense and that's also in a relationship sense i think you know if you don't have passion and you don't really have anything passion also involves you kind of diving a little deeper in yourself to know what you desire or what you require so is passion a priority in relationships
1: Mm. I think for me, it is. I don't limit that to something like to like, you know, just the physical, but literally just seeing your significant other or whoever it is that you're trying to grow with, because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I can't consider it a relationship if we're not talking about growth. I have to be able to see my significant other be passionate about something. Mm -hmm. doesn't even need to be their current job or anything like that, but I need to see that there is something that lights a fire in you. There's something that gives you purpose within your life. Because I think seeing how someone acknowledges their passion or how they go for it is a good indicator of just how they attack life in general. I think it does get, you know, muddied up a little bit by everyday life or like day-to-day life, but there's usually a spark that is visual- when someone is dealing with something that is one of their passions. Like with Kevin, from the first time we had music, like any type of music conversation, I could see it on him. Just the way he talks about it, the way he knows his craft, the way he knows more than just an artist you hear on the radio. This man can tell you a composer, he can hear something and figure out and like have like like two or three possible producers in his head, stuff like that. It's, it's that attention to detail that you get with something that is your craft, because you're passionate about it.
0: Yeah, and I, I relate to that so much because and, and I think that's why me and Kevin have that commonality because when I do talk about those things and it's not often that I have an equal counterpart to engage like that because a lot of people don't know. But when I do <laughs> have those conversations, it does bring out a fire in me. Just in my experience, I've been in a relationship that wasn't passionate and I've been in a relationship that was built on passion. So I've done both. And I think both. Can you explain what the difference is? Sure. So the non-passionate one, I would say in regards to, I would say like sexual chemistry. Okay. Like I probably wouldn't get much innovation with one, whereas the other, it was passion driven. Okay. I mean, even though that's hard to gauge, right? Especially when you're trying to get to know somebody, at least for mm-hmm. me, because <laughs> I don't jump into that. I think it's now a priority. It's definitely something that I look for. And it is a requirement because it definitely keeps the fire burning a little bit longer than to have zero passion at all. And I think also even approaching like having zero passion, you know, the person that I was with, like we actually meshed very well and-
1: Noticing cues, but just even just having an understanding of who they're dealing with, right? Is someone more the aggressor? someone more the responsive individual? Are there attempts to do something different and have knowing why it the, happens that the way?
0: Sex, love, and goop. Did you watch the sex, love, and goop no. thing on Netflix?
1: No, what is I that?
0: Sworn, I could have sworn this is something that you would have watched. It's like the sex, Gwyneth love, Paltrow.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've heard about uh I was- I love the Property Brothers and she did an episode with them like their celebrity IOU and they were talking about goop and I was like, what the heck is goop? (laughs) No,
0: you need to watch it. When I tell you, because I watched the other, it was like the goop project or something like that. But this Mm -hmm. one, Sex, Love, and Goop. Honestly, I was watching this shit and I was like, oh my God, my body is broken. I need to figure Mm -hmm. out how I can fix it. Because the things that they were doing to explore what makes them come alive, Mm -hmm. i was like i don't think a common american or anybody would go through links to explore this stuff i -hmm. I just feel like this should be common knowledge Mm -hmm. but it's not and i kind of i was like about to research myself to kind of look for like (laughs) where can i do this to kind of fix my body because i feel like i'm like out here like molly on insecure i got a broken (laughs) (laughs) no but for real real, you have to watch it yeah i think
1: that's a real thing because I'll be completely open and say that, well, I'll just say I have like, I know I have hormone issues and that can affect, you know, things like my energy levels, my libido, my own passion. Um, when we're talking about on the physical side and one, it can feel alienating even though I know how common it is to deal with these, to deal with these issues. But it's always nice to hear that there's something out there in popular culture that has a narrative that's, Actually seems to be on the constructive side. So I'm definitely gonna check that. Sex, love, and goop. Okay.
0: Yes. What well, <laughs> I can say is this couple, and they're a black couple. Like the male went through something where it was like it was like a touch thing. And it was like a sensory touch thing, and it had nothing to do with her touching his dick. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Like literally, it was just feeling on his body and him breathing like certain breathing exercises and literally this man became and he he came into tears Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: yeah and it wasn't even like a physical orgasm but it was like some type of shit like he couldn't even come down off of the high that he was on he said it it lasted maybe like a whole day and a half
1: like watch
0: it and i'm and literally it was that point i was like oh my god my body is broken what did I do to break it? I was literally like, I was like, oh, my God, something is wrong with me. <laughs> Why can't I do that? Right. No, but I was literally, I was I was taking mental notes. I'm like, dang, I want to try that just for myself. Um, So passion in personal life, mm-hmm. is it a priority, having passion in your personal life?
1: You know what? I'm not going to sit here and be like, yes, it definitely is. I think it should be. By all yeah. means, it should be, and I think that we as people go too long without having it, that that has become our norm, and we accept that shit, and we shouldn't. We need mm-hmm. to have something that is that is lighting a fire within us in our daily lives, and if we don't, we're just robots. I hate to use nouns like that sometimes because it just sounds true, so very cliche, but it is. We are going through our day-to-day lives just doing Just following a routine and not getting anything out of it except for survival. There was something that Kevin had shown me one time. It was this gentleman talking about how Monday is his favorite day of the week because he, you know, gets to do what he loves, like what he loves work-wise. And he doesn't understand This concept of people waiting for the weekend, and he thinks it's the saddest thing in the world. You're waiting for two days out of seven. What is your life that you're waiting for two days out of seven? And that's as a whole, when I saw it, I was just like, it'd be great to feel the way you feel. That is not how I feel. That is not my everyday life. And that's still not my life now. But that is definitely my goal. I want to be doing something that literally I'm passionate about every day of the week. I don't want to wait for a day. I don't want to be excited for a cluster of days unless it's like, you know, attached to a birthday or some type of celebration that I'm about to like go through, but not as a part of my everyday life. Two days out of seven is too little. But no, I think we need to have passion in our everyday life. It's, it's fuel. It's that spirit of get it done, but enjoy it while doing it and love what you're getting done.
0: Just like what you said, it should be a priority, but I do think we are creatures of habit and we build up a routine and we stay stuck in that routine. And then also, I think for me, just in terms of like, even how I'm feeling right now, there are a lot of passion things that I could definitely dive into right now, but it's like, Alon, you don't even have the energy. like. It'd be hard for me to peel myself out of the bed. Mm -hmm. And I was very concerned about that. It may be a B12 deficiency. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And I probably need to go get a B12 IV and pass out real quick. Or, you know, I don't know. But even my sister, she made me feel so much better because I was talking to her yesterday about it. And she was like, no, like that's how I was. Even during lockdown, I wouldn't get up out of the bed. I literally check my emails from my phone and I would roll back over. And I wouldn't even necessarily be sleep, but just laying there. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I was just like, oh my God, I'm glad I don't. Like, cause I literally thought that it was just me being fatigued. And maybe I thought I had something that I didn't even know I had. Like, I I was just like, how come you cannot get up? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. it made me feel ungrateful because it's like, I've been hooping and hollering about this job for the past year and three quarters. And now that I have it, I can't even damn get up out the bed. That made me feel like shit almost.
1: But grateful.
0: I think you told me this yesterday where you were saying like, once you actually do something within your own means and then also something that you love to do, like you probably won't have that feeling. It's just, you even said, you was like, we're not designed to be working for anybody. Like we should be working for ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause we're individuals that want too many, want too many things and can wear too many hats, especially you. Oh you wow. need like seven, you need like a good seven heads for all the hats that you can wear at one time. You just blessed with talent.
0: Child, it came with experience. It didn't just come out of nowhere. Cause oh my god. And even some of it is like, hold oh, on, you could do it all, but you can't do it all. Well that's true too.
1: That's yes. true too. Let's mm-hmm. cut the heads so, down to five. You don't need to wear all seven at And one I, time. I try to, <laughs>
0: yes. I, I try to like really divvy out where I could shine and where I could kind of like, let something go. Mm-hmm. And and that depends on whatever I'm doing right now. Like, even in terms of this job, there's a lot I have to learn. So there are certain things that, you know, I may be good at, but they might not be of use to me right now, because I should have a learning hat on right now. I, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have a mastery hat on right now. I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a sponge. So mm-hmm. there are like so many times where it's like, I have to kind of let go of certain things and kind of, sit back and actually pull out the notepad and write some shit down you know instead of mm-hmm. having all of these different talents and whatnot because sometimes that could be a bit overzealous so where are you in terms of investing your time in your passion
1: me i am nowhere that's why the word of the year needs to be action it's a problem mm-hmm. i feel mm-hmm. like i have thoughts in my head um, that are continuations of last year you know what I didn't accomplish slash what I put on hold to get myself to a comfortable place as far as, you know, being a new implant in this area. But I need to pick those up at this point between doing things that are like in line with entrepreneurship and, uh, you know, continuing in my artistry. And then also what I really wanted to do when I came down here was to start a new career. Take what you said. I want to wear that learning hat. I feel like it's been a long time since I've truly learned something new and I've, you know, found a field that I'm interested in and I want to do that. I want to do that already in the job field. Like, yes, you know, there's that option of going back into school or something like that, but I'm not interested. Hmm. I'm kind of not interested in being tested in that way. Like, I want to be tested in real life examples without having, you know, to sit down and study for an exam. Obviously, there is a learning curve. There is practice that goes into any new field that you're in, but I want to do it in real time. And yeah, I don't think that's too much to ask. <laughs> so therefore, those are good, definitely going to be focuses for myself this year.
0: This podcast is definitely something that I'm passionate about. And it keeps me grounded. And I must say this because I've said this before. Like, I can't do it all. I said this mm-hmm. in the Boss episode. Like, that social media is really daunting for me to kind of put out these episodes. And then I have to go back and, like do all of the social posts and uh, it's just too much. And I wish I had somebody to do the social for me, but no, but it doesn't take away from how passionate I am about it. Two episodes ago with JT, he was telling me, he was like, Alon, I really want you to get back into your music and it's going to happen, but it's like, what's taking you so long? And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like everybody has their own path. Mm -hmm. and getting back into it and I don't think people realize how scarred I am and how shy I've become because of my scarring Mm -hmm. when it comes to the music part because I don't want that passion to shatter just because of my experience so it's such a delicate thing for me but yeah I I think in in due time you know it'll definitely come and maybe mountains will shatter once it actually comes I don't know (laughs) Uh, um but things that you are passionate about. So describe some of these things that
1: you plan to put to action. I mean, well, there's always my makeup artistry, because like you said, Mm. similar to you, I have my own insecurities, not really because I've had negative experiences with being a makeup artist, literally just because I'm in my own way, really. Part of my plan of action is just practicing more. One of the benefits of the apartment that I have is that I have a space in which I can actually take clients at home and, uh, you know, work with models, do test shoots, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I do plan on doing that. I do sell rum punch. And I did not give that up with my move. I've been, you know, putting myself out there as far as the market and getting response back. So I, I do want to put a lot more attention into that, especially since that's something that does generate income for me. Well, those are the really the two big things, you know, apart from applying for a job within the career that I do career field that I do want. But I have always kind of had this blog running in the background. And it's just, I still do not know what I want that to look like. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't figured it out for myself yet and I need to really sit down and give that time and attention. Sometimes you'll have something that you are passionate about and you're not even sure of how you want to put time into it and even if you've already decided that it is worth your time. So that's fruitful and it stays enjoyable for you because I've Last thing I want to do is spend all this time writing posts like I've done before. I've drafted numerous posts, and I still have some that are sitting there drafting now. But even me going back and reading them over, I don't want to read them. <laughs> if this isn't enjoyable for me, I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's probably my last thing. But the makeup artistry and, and my rum punch business, I think those are going to be taking up most of my time, at least at the beginning of the year.
0: For sure. So the other side of passion is misunderstanding what passion is to someone else. So ways on how passion can be misunderstood and maybe stories to follow. This one, I feel like, you know, in terms of like a dating scope, right? Like you're passionate about someone or you're passionate about something And people have a really bad thing with this. And I think it's like a societal thing where people always put on the front, like single life is like this great thing. And for people that actually aspire to want a relationship, they Mm thirst. And I feel like that's so problematic because it's like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, everybody wants somebody and there's always somebody for everybody. So for those who actually, quote unquote, put on a front, I feel like it's, it's literally exactly what it is. It's like self denial because I don't think people just go about life in complete solitude and being content with that. I, and then that's coming from somebody who have no problem being by themselves. Do you have any experiences on you being passionate about something, and somebody deeming you thirsty?
1: I don't think I ever had anyone call me thirsty, so I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that person that always had a lot of crushes. I don't think it took a lot for me to find people attractive, but that didn't necessarily mean that like, I wanted to be around them or I could see myself in a relationship with them. I was very attracted to personalities, especially uh, wit and humor. I had a lot of crushes because I've always been someone that laughs a lot and didn't take too much. That could also be because I don't think I'm that type of person that seeks attention, and I feel like that's where... At least in my mind, I think that's where the whole thirst thing kind of comes from. I'm trying to think about times mm. that I've called people thirsty or <laughs> felt that somebody was thirsty, but I feel like that's usually it. Like it would be, it would be the people who were always trying to be in somebody's face. It didn't matter which face, but it tended to be those faces that, you know, might line up with who I found to be more attractive or whatever, or You know, someone who is more on the popular side or something like that. But it just seemed like it was this indiscriminate. (laughs) I'm gonna be in your face till you notice me. I'm a kiki key key, and I'm gonna do all this stuff. I'm a. I'm gonna walk in walk in a different type of way and this is male female whatever yeah. you identify as whatever your peacock feathers look like they were up yeah that's whatever. it was <laughs> and those were the moments where i would pull out the word thirsty i think i've heard people who are looking for relationships get called desperate well that's um, one of them as well so we can talk okay. about it <laughs> <laughs> well my experience with that once again it's not something that i've had assigned to me or at least not to my knowledge <laughs> I think when an individual knows their self-worth, they have people around them that can see it, too. But they seem to kind of tuck some of that away Mm. in order to garnish attention or diminish themselves in order to seem more interesting or put themselves on the radar for someone else. I'm calling you desperate. Wow. Because I'm like, you ready? Like, I think there are definitely times when people don't know everything that they're worth which is unfortunate. I think more often I've seen people who do know their worth and then decide, all right, well, I don't need this piece today. I'm gonna leave this over here. Oh, (laughs) what do you mean? (laughs) Those are moments where I feel like people looking desperate. And maybe
0: Mm -hmm. this is something that I'm passionate about because it's definitely one of my top tier uh, love languages. Quality Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. is a top tier love language for me. So with that said, you know, I'm very passionate about how much time I spend with a person. Mm. Now, here's the thing. I can be perceived as clingy and I'll own that I'm clingy, but you know what? I do a good job with covering up my clingy <laughs> so that I do not come off as desperate because mm-hmm. I think uh, polar opposites out of me is a more realistic side where it's like, oh, yes, the ideal is that we can spend as much time as we desire until we get on each other's nerve or whatever. But the realistic aspect of it is you got shit to do and I got shit to do. So mm-hmm. I can't be in your face all the time. And so mm-hmm. how I kind of cover that up is knowing in that mindset is like, I don't take a personal attack to people either not responding at a certain time. A lot of people get caught up in that. Yes, you kind of feel it when somebody not being consistent with their communication, but I try not to take it as a personal attack and really just be like, maybe they just got a lot of shit going on and I have mm-hmm. whatever, you know what I'm saying? So I do a very good job covering up my clingy behavior. I'll own up that I am clingy though. <laughs> I'll own that.
1: I think that's fine. I feel like once you, once you know yourself, <laughs> right. And know what you're doing And know that it's not being done for unhealthy reasons Like you're not clinging to someone Because I need this person here to function It's no I really enjoy you And I want to max um, I want to max out the time that we can spend together Before we have to go Be functioning adults um, And you know live our own separate lives I think that's mm-hmm. fine mm-hmm. Okay mm-hmm. Well the last
0: one Passion being misunderstood as angry and I know, with us being black, we get I that was like, "Whoa, well, absolutely!"
1: Absolutely, right. to the point where sometimes I just be confused. Even you saying that, because unfortunately, as soon as you described it, it's like oh, being black. <laughs> but right in my mind, I can think of times where somebody has used <laughs> used the word like aggressive, and I'm like, "What? How did we even get here?"
0: Hmm. I mean, like what I mean, I've said this so many times on the show, where it's like. People don't know how to deal with me in regards to how sure I am of those things.
1: Because Mm -hmm. I am
0: like, I'm not going to speak about things that I don't know. But Mm -hmm. what I do know, I'm going to have a very strong opinion about. And it doesn't involve a secondary opinion of, you know, who else think about what or me getting a, you know, a tally on how many people consider what for me to then form my own assumption. No, I already have my opinion and mm-hmm. i gather like a lot of my peers where they like to take a popular vote to determine their You decision. know
1: what i think one of my biggest pet peeves in general in life and this is and this is like a recent development that i've been able to put words to what it is is groupthink i don't understand where the days went when people could think for themselves there's nothing wrong with being influenced by other opinion, but you really should be able to formulate your own and stand on it. And mm-hmm. you're a hundred percent correct. Cause you're even describing you, you saying what you just said a moment ago, I'm thinking to myself, it's been so long since I've experienced that. And I'm like, Oh, duh, Daniel, because you built up that defense mechanism. Where it's like, I don't even bother discussing things with people. Like, even yeah. at work now, I know there are times where people... As soon as I feel the conversation go to something like this, is about to be controversial. Somebody's going to say something stupid. And it's not going to make no sense. I'm just not even going to bother engaging. I stay yeah. silent. Yeah. And God bless... God bless a face mask. <laughs> because... Right, I hello. And we, like.
0: we've actually yeah. experienced that... <laughs> you know, singing together at church. There have been plenty (laughs) of times and and we would literally look at each other and just like, what is happening? Because again, we can have our own opinion and it doesn't involve somebody else's opinion for us to determine our own.
1: (laughs) Correct. It is what it is. But oh man, groupthink. Oh boy. Even when, especially in this age of COVID, of public unrest, of racial injustice, there are so many tools that people have at their fingertips, and it could be right next to them, and but they'll have somebody behind them who's saying something else, and they rather just grab onto that and hold it as fact. I just can't. I can't. Yeah. It drives me. Oh, it drives me up a wall. Can't stand it. Can't stand it no matter what my delivery is because I would be resolute in the words that I'm saying, I'm going to get labeled as aggressive. Yeah. Like you do what you need to. What I said is Absolutely. what I said.
0: <laughs> that mm-hmm. is the truth. All right. So reflection question, question one, what are things that we pray about most often?
1: Right now for me, it's thankfulness, like being thankful, actively being thankful, mm-hmm. saying thank you to God for everything that he has done for me in the past six months, life in general, but really the past six months, being thankful and being celebratory of those things so that I don't take them for granted and just try to bypass and move on to the next thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I think when I do pray, I think when I pray, I come from a sense of gratitude. I don't have to be at this uh, heightened, blessed perspective of life to have mm-hmm. gratitude I don't have to be like down in the willows of the trenches of my own sorrows I could still give gratitude because everything could always be worse yes so in terms of like passion though and then also things that you kind of hope for better are there things that you pray for in regards to that
1: um I think this guidance
0: because
1: okay. So dealing with my own insecurities as far as my passions, because my passions are very, they put me more so in line with the center of attention. That's not somewhere that I like to be. I'm by nature someone that likes to be in the background. Just guidance as far as how to navigate, being more present, guidance as well as grace, because I'm really tough on myself. I really do appreciate the lessons that I I get from not doing things as successfully as I would like. But... I can be very, very hard on myself. So gratitude, excuse me, not gratitude, guidance and grace.
0: And you know what, I'm gonna agree with that because for the longest, because that's something that I haven't had. And I feel like that's the reason why I find myself in these situations because I haven't had a mentor. So I pray for a mentor in every mm-hmm. aspect. And that kind of leads us to our second question. If you could choose a mentor dead or alive to help guide you back or forward to a sense of aliveness, what would it be and why? i would say my mentor would be quincy jones i would love quincy jones to be my mentor mm. i really okay. would
1: that's and a good he's one a
0: pisces yeah he's a pisces king too so i feel like i would mesh well with him
1: i mean we just throwing our names i would love janelle to just be around me just because question three name a time in your life when, when you were
0: unusually bold by your own standards
1: the wedding So when Daniel and Alteen got married and I uh, went up to the makeup artist after, you know, the ceremony, just to, you know, pick her brain about being a makeup artist and what it is doing it. Just trying to get a realistic idea of how that career could shape for me. And it seems like it's something small, but when I tell you, (laughs) I don't do bold things. And for me, what made that bold, I feel like I'm troubling someone. When i approach them to talk about something like sometimes you just don't know what you don't know so you have to start a conversation and kind of see where the conversation will go not knowing where the conversation will go i feel like i'm automatically possibly wasting someone's time right because Mm -hmm. i don't i don't necessarily know where to stare at what questions to ask so when i went up to her i i did not in my mind have an exact question (laughs) um i knew that i I wanted to work in this field. I know that I want to have a family. And I know that that means being an active participant in my family, which meant I needed to be able to spend a certain amount of time with them. I just didn't know how that was going to work with how much you make as a makeup artist and how many clients you need to have per day and stuff like that. So I kind of went in from that angle and we were able to have that conversation. But leading up to it, it was like, I don't know where this is going to go. So, yep, that's
0: that's my bold moment, and I was there for you when you did that. That was a mm-hmm. bold move. That's funny. That is but you huge. Know what? For we me. are kind of wanting the same because I'm not the biggest networker. I like an organic conversation, oh, just in, in hundred for the moment. I'm never one to be like, "Oh my god, I want to go talk to them," and then I actually go do it.
1: And that's and see, and that's exactly how I am too, because I am not a networker by nature. And I knew coming down here, and I just knew for the field that I want to be in, or one of them, that I needed to be able to do that. And then later on, you came by, and then Kevin came by. And let me tell you, by the time you came by, I was just like, "Who? Thank God, someone else to kind of yeah to add to of this conversation. The
0: conversation, right?" Yeah. I would say, I don't know, life. I'm just very bold in general when it comes to my choices because if I have one life, I'm I'm gonna do it to the fullest. So I've always been a bold personality, and so in that that has become my norm. So it's like you mm-hmm. want to do this, okay? We're just gonna go do it. Like I'ma always bet on me at the end of the day. What are things you're able to do without even trying?
1: I'd probably say taking information.
0: Yeah, you are very responsive to people's desires or people's feelings. That's why I feel like you as a makeup artist, because I feel like people who are in those type of things like. Nail techs, makeup artists, hairdressers, they're low key therapists.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've learned that as well.
0: <laughs> and you are, you definitely have the personality for it.
1: I have a strong attention to detail. It's like my success story and it's also like my downfall <laughs> at the same time because that's <laughs> why I end up getting so critical of myself. I have a strong attention to detail. And I think that's why, like, Work ethic wise, my work tends to shine above the rest or gets uh, noticed more because I put forth more effort than others. But it doesn't necessarily require as much energy expenditure for me than it does from others. I don't know.
0: I, I can't even think of just one. Because mm-hmm. it's just stuff that I just do. And I'm like, you don't know how to do this. And people are like, uh, no. And right. I, don't know.
1: I can give testament to that. show up knowing how to do stuff.
0: Yeah, because I think I go about life like I always, and see, maybe this is my approach in life. My insecurity kind of makes me learn way more and then it becomes like a natural thing because Mm. I've expressed this in past episodes as well where I'm saying like I always go towards the mindset of people around me are smarter than me because of my trauma of not applying myself when I was actually in grade school and Mm -hmm. because I have that regret I always think that people are way smarter than me when it's like it's probably the opposite (laughs) (laughs) because the things that I've taught myself because of that insecurity I show up with more knowledge than a regular person and I'm aware of that Mm -hmm. but it's like I'll always Revert to me being the dumb one.
1: That's interesting. I don't doubt my intelligence. Um, like I think I'm very smart. And um, I think others around me, I like to start off thinking that they're very smart as well, though. Sometimes people might prove you wrong. But right. I think that I usually go into spaces already assuming that all those around me are wealth of knowledge because since they're already there, they have the experience that I can get that I can garner from. And because of that. I go into new spaces, prepared to ask a shit ton of questions. So I tell that mm-hmm. Rebo people all the time when I'm in new spaces, I ask a lot of questions. I pride myself on not really asking the same question twice, but I ask a lot of questions.
0: So what is the one thing that people couldn't pay you not to do?
1: Be a manager. I'm not interested. I cannot, I don't, no, just no, no. Managers aren't really managing. They are holding hands. They're expected to hold the hands, drag people through things, make them want to work, be the main source of motivation for these people. Like like they aren't grown at the same time as you. They don't have to come in and earn this paycheck on their own, and I'm not interested. I've never been raised that way. Even in my own um in, in previous employment where someone has to coach me, And they ask me, you know, what is it that, you know, I can do to help? You can't do nothing to help me. This money motivates me. And I know what I need to do in order to get this check. Therefore, I'm here doing it. So if I'm working with someone who is not interested in collecting this check, that's your business. I'm going to tell you one time.
0: I feel like you can't pay me to relive my 20s. Nope, not doing it. And I know people, Mm -hmm. they fight for you and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. No, no, no. Wait, to
1: relive your 20s? We just got to like 30. <laughs> exactly,
0: and I'm happy to be here. It, it it feels great. The view looks amazing from here. I will never relive my 20s because I feel like the 20s is where you really, you work so freaking hard and mm-hmm. the world just looks at you like this dumb young person just out here mm-hmm. making stupid decisions. So true. They don't really give you much credit, and you know you just out here trying to be your best self,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yet nobody got no kind of faith in you in your twenties. You really have to work hard, so hard, for the bare minimum.
1: You know it's interesting that you make that 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 you bring that up. There's this book called The Defining Decade, and I read it. I think when I was maybe like twenty seven. I want to say somewhere between twenty five. No, I think it's like twenty seven. I think it's such a great book. Like, I I actually gifted it to one of our friends. I gifted it to Courtney um, to read it because it's so interesting how our world is set up. Um, It's like when you get into your 20s, people are telling you, oh, live your life and blah, 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 and you're young and you got experience and blah, blah, blah. And you're robbed of a lot of adult responsibility, supposedly. But then you get to thirty. And I mean, this is all the way up to 29. You get to 30, and then it's like, well, what are you doing? You should have had this figured out already. You should be doing this, that, and the third. And it's like, well, where is the in-between, right? If I'm supposed to be living my life and just figuring it out in my 20s, um, how is it that I get to 30, and you all just expect it to have been lined out for, like, the last five years? That's not... (laughs) you got to choose and struggle. Like you can't tell me to live life vicariously and then tell me that I'm supposed to have it together. That book itself is like about taking your 20s to, yes, enjoy your time, but understanding that what you do in your 20s is actually very important. And you need to take that time in your 20s to mentally plan out for yourself where you want to be later. Like you can't just let the 20s blow past you
0: yeah that's the truth so last one you yourself are at your best when you're acting how i always tell people like when you get me on a one-on-one you're gonna get a very chilled alone you're gonna get a very mellow i'm gonna be ready to like have like a deep conversation i'm never really ever surfaced that's just not who i am but in a group setting Especially like, you know, if it's like a social setting, I put that hat on. And so now I'm like this surface, like fun time. You know, I'm a different Alon at that point than Mm -hmm. having Alon in an intimate setting. They they have to know me in a group setting and then also know me in an intimate setting as well. And to Mm -hmm. know those are two different versions of me. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. in a group setting, I'm definitely going to be more bubbly than being chill with somebody one-on-one. Because that's typically how I roll anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'll say I'm at my best probably in a social setting because I have to turn, I have to dial up a little bit more than oh. I am on a one-on-one situation.
1: Mm. Yeah, I still don't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm at my best when you're talking to be about fashion and beauty, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that.
1: Yep, start showing me some pieces.
0: And see, there. there's where your passion
1: lies. That's right. <laughs> no
0: disagreement there. Well, all right. Well, thank you, Danielle. You're
1: welcome.
0: Hoping that, you know, you guys tend to find your passion and it's never too late i think Mm -hmm. you know this is like the perfect year to do it obviously this COVID 19 situation ain't going nowhere we have to learn to live with it and we have to learn to navigate around it where you want to go if you're in a dead-end situation or if you feel like you have plateaued to a certain point and you just need to be at your peak we understand we've all been there you know think about where is it that you want to go next what do you really want to invest your time in so Danielle, would you like to promote
1: anything yeah. But I will say, if you are living in the Atlanta area and you like rum punch, check out Lang's Rum Punch on Instagram. We will be updating soon. We are also available in the Brooklyn area in New York. I, I do have an Instagram profile for my makeup artistry, which also has not been updated. Y'all be easy on me. I'm still transitioning, but it is at D Lang Artistry.
0: Amen. But yes, yeah, so you guys can also find the podcast episode for those who do not follow us. At a whole move podcast on Instagram. And please, 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 y'all, rate me. I would love your ratings. It just takes like five seconds. If you could just rate my show so that other people would be apt to listen to it, I would appreciate it. My name is Alon. That's the deal. A whole move. <laughs> Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter.
1: Don't you love
0: an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes, only from Intuit TurboTax.